0: Alright, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck nicks? What's happening? How is it? How is it for you? How's the heat? Huh? How is the heat? I'm just uh, hanging out drinking liquid deaths. Not a sponsor right now, but I have a lot of them and uh, spending some time on my 95 degree porch watching my yard die because I'm trying to conserve. I'm trying to conserve water. I guess if I was real righteous, I would just dig the whole fucking thing up and stick a few cactuses in there, but I'm just slowly watching it die as uh, as I am watching the rest of California die. I guess we'll know we're in real trouble when they can't grow fucking almonds anymore. The day you hear like there's an almond shortage, it's going to be the day it's too late to get out of California without being stuck in fucking Mad Max traffic. I had 23 years sober day before yesterday, August 9th, 23 years they kind of it's not so much that they're flying by but they become not even less significant but less important it's just my life my life is sober I mean recovered yes do I get dry do I get cranky do I get irritable is it better really mentally than it was when I was drinking? Absolutely. You know, do I still find things to beat the shit out of myself about or feel ashamed of? And and do I still make mistakes? Of course. But I know one of them is not waking up saying, what the fuck did I do last night? Why why didn't I sleep at all? How come my sweat smells funny? Oh my God, when was the last time I ate? I'd, I'd like a little more of that actually. But quality of life, much better, much different. I can't even imagine it anymore. And that's the real gift of it the obsession to drink or use drugs left me a long time ago. That's one of the uh, the promises of sobriety if you do it in the way that it's done where you get promises is that the obsession will be lifted. And that seems like a very tall order. Like how the fuck am I, you know, my entire brain is geared around thinking about drugs and alcohol. How am I not going to think about that anymore? And then somewhere around five years it went away totally. And I work in bars all the time I don't think about it. It's no longer a choice. I know in my mind that I can can't do it safely any of it so you find other things sure I mean I'll plow through some ice cream I'll uh, you, you know I'll get <laughs> I'll have a I'll have a week of uh, some maddening masturbatory practices I'll get obsessed with other things but uh but I'm not destroying my life and the life of others and exponentially increasing the odds of my safety becoming compromised by engaging in drinking or drugging and I'm not righteous about it I I just know, I don't think I'd be alive if I didn't do it. I can't imagine what my life would have been like. And uh, it took a while to get sober. I was in and out for a long time of uh, trying to stay sober. And then it took, and I don't think about it anymore. And I know that people are like, you know, don't you want to just I I don't really need to. It's like, you know, once you get away from it and you truly realize in your heart and in your mind that you can't do it safely and that you're going to come around the same bend and end up in the same puddle of pee. uh, You know, how many times does that got to happen before, you know? Before you know in your heart, in your mind, look, man, I've got smaller rings of uh, self-sabotaging behavior that I ended up in. It's not a puddle of pee, but shame nonetheless. But they they don't make my life unmanageable. They don't cause a tremendous amount of chaos. I've been divorced twice in sobriety. I've had a lot of bad relationships in sobriety. I've experienced sickness and death in sobriety. I've gone bankrupt in sobriety. But I didn't drink because there's no solution there for me. I don't know. I'm grateful to be sober. I'm grateful that if my sobriety helps anybody in any way, that's the best thing that I can do. I get uh, tons of emails from people all the time. It is one of the few. I generally will respond to people who ask about sobriety. I I, I don't as much as I used to, but there is always help and and you can get through it. Look, if you don't wanna stop drinking, don't. If you want to stop drinking but can't, get help. Uh, it is a better life. It is a better life. Patton Oswalt's on the show today. Look, he's been on before a couple of times, but I mean, only one, I think there, there was a short one, maybe a live one. I I don't know. It's been over a decade though, since he's been on, uh, if you have the subscription to WTF, to the archives or the full Marin on WTF plus, you can go back and hear his episodes from the early years of the show. He was on episode three uh, episode one hundred seven, episode one forty four, three. That must have been a short one. A lot has happened in both of our lives since, obviously, and it's a good time to have him back on since he has a movie out. Just came out. It's called I Love My Dad, and it's uh, a little cringy, but it's uh, it's cringy on purpose. It's it's a little bit. <laughs> it's uh it's it's quite a movie, and he did a good job with it. So. I first got sober in 1988. And uh, and I now have 23 years in a row sober. So what's that take me? 88, 98, 2008, 2018, 1920, 21, 22. So that took me 34 years to get 23. Struggle, I guess. You know, I just was in and out. But uh, again... It's possible to not give a shit about drugs or alcohol. It's possible to know that you can't do drugs or alcohol safely without fucking up your life or the life of others. It's preferable if either of those are a concern for you, whether or not it's possible to not give a shit about drugs and alcohol and whether or not it's possible to live a life without them. Uh, it, it's You should know that uh it's preferable and it's po- and it's possible to to not have to do those things i'm just telling you that life turns out to be quite short and the one thing about doing something you know you have no control over or you don't want to do anymore is that you know it occupies all of your brain and the cycles of abstinence followed by the cycles of uh re-engagement uh, just keep happening and they just circle around and it becomes this weird thing where you're like, I'm going to stop. Not right now. I like it again. Fuck. I'm in, I'm in pee. I'm going to stop. Ugh, I like it again. I'm okay. I can handle it. Oh no, I pooped in my pants. I'm going to stop. Oh no, I'm, I'm okay. I can just drink. Where are you going? Don't take the kids. Ugh, I'm going to stop. It just, and then all of a sudden it's like, I'm dying. I'm gonna stop because I'm dying. Where, where are my kids? I'm dying. Where? How come I don't have a house? Yeah, I mean, jails, institutions, or death—that's what they say in the racket, in the society. But look, I'm just telling you, not being self-righteous. It's possible, and it's preferable, and it's okay. You know, it's just fucking life. But there's a lot more to it than fucking. Circling around that dumpster, do you know what I'm saying? Jesus, fuck! who I can't even imagine it. Yeah, so I'm very happy to not be in the world where it's like you can't trust any powder or pill. I enjoyed powders, and I kind of like you know, I do get a little envious of the weed. But I even know, I just know that you know. it's just like when I smoke weed, you you don't know when you're high or you're not high anymore. You get haunted, you get up in your head. I'm already up in my head enough. Just grateful to be sober and here to tell you that it's possible. That's all. You know, you know what I'm saying. Patton Oswalt has a new movie out, I Love My Dad. It is now playing in theaters and you can watch it at home on demand starting tomorrow, August 12th. Um, Patton and I go way back. I think we've had our problems. But I'm finding that, you know, resentments fade. Things level off if you do okay. Most of them are still there, but they're sort of, they're just, they just had a low simmer. And some of them have just turned into a general sadness as I, I watch myself and my peers get older. But uh, But Patton and I moved to San Francisco at the same time, within weeks of each other. In the, uh, I guess it would be in the 90s, 92, 93, maybe. And him, uh, me, Blaine Capach uh, were sort of this strange trio that kind of entered the San Francisco comedy scene when it was sort of beginning to wane. So we go back. I mean, that's like, what is it, 93, 92? Wow, really, 30 years. Wow. This is me talking to Pat Oswald. <laughs> I get the baffler for no reason, which is uh, heady stuff.
1: Didn't you used to write for them?
0: No, I don't think so. Okay. I, I Did I write one thing for them? I don't know. I, I, you know, Thomas Frank uh, started it a million years ago. I thought they went full digital because I used nope. to have it digitally on my iPad. No, you iPad. can get them. Okay. They send them to me and I try to read them. And they're dense.
1: Dense. It's like having a, it's like it's, why I stopped my New Yorker, um,
0: it's, a, it's, a year, it's like a book report. It's a year of college in every issue. It is, yeah. I remember Julia
1: Sweeney said, I love the New Yorker, but it's like having a
0: fucking book report every week. I know, like, you're right. It's I exactly know. what it is. It's the pressure.
1: And you feel like a shithead if you only read a couple articles and toss it.
0: I know. I can't, I can't do the New Yorker. I have it on my phone, but I don't even do, I don't even know why I do it on my phone. Yeah. I, can, I don't even look at it. I can look at the whole issue very small. One page at a time with the, ads.
1: The one I can really read is the New York Review of Books because it's so bitchy and it's like this, it's this like portrait of New York that's kind of gone and they're still hanging on to sure, it. Sure, sure. Where yeah. the early 70s, the rock stars were the authors still yeah, and, yeah. and they they want to keep that going and yeah. it's like, guys, yeah. it's
0: not happening. Yeah, no one cares about Philip Roth anymore. Yeah,
1: God bless you.
0: Philip Roth barely cared about <laughs> Philip Roth towards the end.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that whole thing, because I talk to Lipside all the time and- you know, he came up in that, in that whole, uh, the literary swagger. Oh, really? Sure. Well, it's gone, uh, you know. That, well, no, it's and, all,
1: I mean... Was... his
0: old man was, who was a New York Times sports writer, but also a, a, a novelist and saw himself as as one of those guys. Uh, out of that generation. Sure. He's best friends with Jules Pfeiffer. Oh. They hang around... <laughs> Down on Shelter (laughs) Island. Of course they do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're all just sitting around wondering what happened. Yeah. I I don't uh, do enough reading. I'm trying to get back into it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Do you? I mean, I do a lot of reading. You do, right? Yeah, man. For a long time, I stopped because I got. We were all wrapped up in my brilliant fucking career. Now I'm like, you need to. Enjoy other parts of your life besides your dumb career. Sure, but
0: I mean, but you've got a wife that, you know, does not necessarily. She seems high energy Mm -hmm. and uh, engaged. Yes. And you have a daughter who is what now? Uh, 13. 13. So where the fuck do you find time to read? I don't have either of those things and I, I barely manage.
1: I have. I, because there are program downtimes in my world, if I'm on a plane, okay, yeah, that's okay, a sure. Chunk of time. If you don't I'm, watch
0: a movie again for the fourth time? No, I don't <laughs> know.
1: <laughs> you know what? I'm a little spoiled because I have a small yeah. screening room in my house. Oh, yeah, so that's not a brag. It, that the house came with it. Yeah, and so now it's hard for me to watch things on my iPad. Now I want the experience. See, wait,
0: you can take the screening room on the plane.
1: It's <laughs> it's weird. They're they're not. You're allowed. It counts as three bags, but I can't pay that. Come on, it's so you expensive. Just, you could
0: break. It Apart, it comes in three pieces. I get two seats in first class, and I have a screening room.
1: You mentioned Jules Pfeiffer. Yeah, I I found some old quote by him that I wrote down. It was so brilliant. He goes, "I got my dad's opinions, looks, and temperament, and I got my mom's contempt for my father." Like that's what he is. I was like, "That's exactly. That's exactly what I
0: am." Your folks are still alive,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Although, Yeah. yeah. I mean it's not, it's not they're a, alive a yes I, don't, no, I, think. I don't know how present one <laughs> sure. of them is going to be in the near future.
0: Me neither. Yeah. My dad's got the dementia. Yeah. He just started. Yeah,
1: my my We're mom all pretty is, excited. My mom is in the early part of it which means yeah. she's in complete violent denial.
0: Sure. But it. like but but like what is it like the day of shit that gets a little like yeah. Uh, vague Yeah, cuz exactly. my dad I pulled a, I got to pick a, a whole envelope of uh Pictures from his past that I must have gotten from his relatives, oh. like college pictures, you know, adolescent pictures when he was a kid. Wow. He remembered everything. He remembered his dog's name from when he was a kid. When you showed him the pictures? Yes. Oh, okay. okay.
1: Well, what's the... Um, if you play people like music from their youth sure. or they can... They will relock onto those memories. But then it's that dealing with the day to
0: day. Right. You what did so we much... do yesterday? Doesn't remember a movie it, he saw it, that. Exactly. Day. Yeah. And there's because there's so much chaff in the air now and it, it all kind of blends together. I think it is. I don't know what causes it. I don't know why that generation of people seems to be getting it. It, it doesn't seem to be like, well, they just didn't have a name for it. I think something is causing it. Yeah. What I don't want to speculate.
1: But... What if it's a defense mechanism for something that? We can't see or feel yet. That's coming the way that a herd will unconsciously sure. um, react to something that hasn't quite come that's yet. A, is that your idea? I, I, I just thought of it right now. But what
0: if it's a weird defense mechanism? <laughs> that, that of like the, the octogenarians are preparing somehow. We're, for, I, I'm going to. I think it is. It's a defense mechanism against knowing they're going to die. Yeah. Well, that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but then also that they're going to even if they do live, it's a it, it might be a world not li- not worth living
0: in. Well, well, you don't you don't need to. Defense mechanism to to take a genius. You can do that at any age now.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, well, I mean, that's why I think so many people live
1: online. It's weirdly comforting just to go, well, of course I don't go out. The world sucks. What? Look at the TV. I
0: I don't know. I sit there and I just watch my lawn die. I just, you know, it's like we can only water twice a week. All I'm doing is I just live in constant panic of uh, water. (laughs) Well, Yeah. Like it, like, because no one's talking about it. And I'm like, how many yeah. pictures of a half-empty Lake Mead do we have to see before it's, it's sort of like? I don't think they're going to tell us, guys. Ma- uh, I'm glad Mike, I have all the liquid death.
1: Michael Bury, yeah. Bury, the guy in um the Big Short, yeah,
0: Christian Bale uh, of, oh, oh yeah, 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 the, yeah. the weird on the sure, spectrum sure, guy sure. that
1: saw he could see in numbers all that nine hundred million dollars he made on shorting the. He has spent it all to own water rights. Because he knows what's coming.
0: Really, he's and just, just looking
1: at numbers and like, yeah, there's gonna be no water.
0: So he's buying them in different states that have water.
1: And How countries, does that work? And countries? Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think you can own the land that where an aquifer is, or yeah. you can own the land where a glacier is. I don't know. Huh. Again, here's the other thing. I don't know any. I don't. Me know. neither. I don't. <laughs> I have no idea. Like like uh, like um, Bitcoin. You got I don't big know. ideas
0: though. You got big ideas.
1: I have well, I have big <laughs> theories, but as far as implementing them. Like like my
0: reaction. No, bu- no Bitcoin for you. You seem like a guy no. that's. Uh, and you know it what? It seems almost comic book like to me. And I- <laughs> <laughs> It seems like something you would know yeah, a lot about. Yeah,
1: except it's all villains. There's yeah. no actual heroes jumping in with the yeah, Bitcoin. Yeah. It's all scumbags. Right. It's all as I um, mm-hmm. as I said on. Uh, on on uh, curb your enthusiasm. It's yeah. all nerds and Nazis.
0: I'm yeah, not putting your money in there. That's right. It, it also, is. It is all nerds and Nazis, and yeah. a lot. There's a lot of crossover. That's the, oh, that's the boy. amazing thing. Boy, that, did uh, we find that out? Huh? That, that Steve Bannon pulled off is he really got those <laughs> gamers involved in a in a very exciting <laughs> game called Nazism, oh. manifested.
1: Yeah, it it is. It's a LARP. It's a big
0: RPG for these people. Kind of. A lot of them don't leave their houses.
1: Yeah, but but like just the idea that so many people that were originally into, like, comic books or science right. fiction, where yeah. we assumed, well, they're in touch with the underdog or the outsider, the people in the fringes, and you yeah. realize, oh, no, nobody bullies harder than the formerly bullied. And once they became, we own the culture now, yeah. they became the new bullies.
0: There's something, I, I just, I Very don't, creepy. I don't understand when I see them, when I see, like, the Steven Crowders of the world or some of these other guys that are running around with microphones at oh. CPAC, oh. and it's just sort of like, I, don't, I can't even identify them. From my past, like I don't know who those kids were.
1: Yeah, I don't remember anyone like that in comedy coming up. I don't know. I
0: mean, Crowder thinks he's some sort of comedian, but but uh, but they're just they're they're they're. it's. I don't know if they're conscious propagandists, but they just are talking point spewers and they just seem to have this very specific point of view that seems to lack any sort of tolerance or empathy or or even sort of understanding. But my fear is that maybe they do have understanding. Maybe they do know exactly what they're gunning for.
1: Well, but but maybe they, I think they understand that on a surface level, but mm. they don't understand what's going on unconsciously. Yeah. And what's going on unconsciously is- I want like, cock. Well, like, well- <laughs> I mean, with crowd, come on. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> with all bad comedians, uh-huh. a, a, a bad, uh, hacks don't like um, variables and every crowd is its own thing and you got to either make it work. Yeah. They want they're the um, uh, parallel with the kids in college who just studied for the test tell me what I need to know so I can parrot it back and yeah. get my A right. like, they don't want to actually interpret what they're learning they're not imaginative yeah. And so as comedians you're like I want a crowd where I know the eight things to say to get my eight applause breaks and then I will sell my t-shirts and buttons but they, they don't fine. seem to
0: be the enemy those ones they just seem to be the new uh, that, that's just sort of m- a- ambition manifested through social media platforms pulling Crowds in for shoddy crowd work and being yeah,
1: a... but even some even some of the people that have really taken advantage of social media, they've taken advantage of social media, and they do. There does seem to be a love of doing comedy. I don't think someone like Stephen like Crowder loves comedy. I think he loves the rewards.
0: And, he, and well, he likes starting shit. He's become something other than a comedian. He's oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a, a pundit yeah. of sorts,
1: and he's like every. Bad comedian, we remember growing up, yeah. when we came up, that would tell the audience how dangerous they were, how brave they were for laughing at this uh, edge walker. You know, they would remember they would- It's get a new it, hack, dude. Yeah. Strap in and welcome to the inside of my mind. The You're only like, guy that dude. could do that
0: and mean it was Hicks. Well, yeah, exactly. Because like, he actually was yeah, walking he, tables. He, he, <laughs> he set the standard. I hate that they co-opted the, the language of, uh, you know, what was once a kind of rebel- uh, tone of comedy because there's only been a few guys that do that at any given time exactly but they've just and by they, the way, there should they only keep...
1: be a few guys
0: if so of course everyone it's not fun no but there, there's not many people that just have the balls to do that i mean it's right. just like either you're you're gonna do that because you have no other choice <laughs> yeah the guys that do that weren't like well i gave up being a clown you right. know what i mean
1: well you're right actually the truly edgy comedians the ones who really walked out there on the edge like a hicks like a Pryor. What really makes them edgy is they don't think they're edgy. They're like, I don't understand why people don't think this. This is just how I think. I it guess, wasn't a
0: conscious choice. Well, Pryor, like, is you know, I I think Pryor redefined what became mainstream. I I think he he was edgy because he turns back on something. Hicks was always Hicks. You know, Stanhope <laughs> was is always been Stanhope. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what that guy that you guys came up with, Mark Voice. Whether he was like I I don't I didn't get the sense I got the sense that he was of that tradition. He but. was
1: of that tradition. He was I mean, and he actually he was from poor, violent, working class Baltimore uh, stock, and he had that really angry. Um, didn't have access to education, but yeah. read all the time, so it was trying to kind of fight it, like uh, trying to get his voice through, but had that thick bomber accent, man. But I yeah. I would remember. We shared an apartment. I walk. I came home one night and he he would write his jokes on on like receipts and put it keep them in an ashtray. Yeah, oh really? And yeah, I, yeah, and, sure. and I picked one up one night and all it was written on it was what are old people cooking that stinks so much? And, <laughs> and there it just you go. That was the whole I was like, "Okay." Uh, that could have been the hook. That could have been the hook yeah. exactly.
0: Well, I think yeah, I think that's what sometimes what's wired in. But you don't you don't have it. What's wired into some people with a certain type of talent is the, But the, I flirted
1: uh, with it, but it wasn't but, but it, I mean, was you've never, it was fake never put on.
0: Right, but you've never, like, some people are wired. Some talented people, it's sort of an unspooling. You know, yeah. they have the talent, and it's in constant competition with them trying to kill themselves. Right. That, that's the race. It's like, man, I got all this talent. It's, a, I, I don't know how to manage it, but I also am trying to kill myself.
1: Yeah, it, it, you know what it is? And and it's weird when sometimes that butts up against actual acceptance and adulation. Oh, no, that's it. That they a, don't know how to handle it. And a, you, you told that great story you saw hicks you were with hicks i think i'm a poet i'm a poet and then a woman just went well then say a (laughs) poem. tell us a poem poem." and she really wanted to hear it and then it it froze him he didn't know what to do she wasn't like you were angry at him yeah
0: he was something else (laughs) you know he was like he was such a solitary character did you ever spend time with him uh on the road a few
1: times you did but but not like hang you know who hung out with him a lot was blaine yeah i hung out with him a couple times he would come he would call blaine and they would go hang out that makes sense but I remember when he died, all of a sudden he had fifty best friends. Oh sure. And I was like, No. Yeah. He was very selective. Yeah. I, I we maybe spoke three times. Yeah. And we worked together three times and he would be very quiet and yeah. do his stuff. He Reading. was a nice person, but Reading he wasn't in his
0: like a coat. Yeah. He's, yeah, I I hung out with him in New York and we played guitar once and uh you know, he's I like, I don't usually do this. <laughs> like, okay. What? You mean talk to people or play, <laughs> play guitar with anybody? But uh yeah, he was a character, man. He was a character. He
1: told me when I was opening for him after I saw him, it was such a revelation. And then midweek, I was going out of my way, yeah. to like suddenly put on a Bill Hicks costume sure. and be Bill Hicks. What, and I the was, all black business? Just well, no, just an attitude, like trying too hard to be dangerous. Sure, I remember I, that Patton. Yeah, and then he, uh, and then he, he after one of the shows, he just went, Patton, come here, man. Mm-hmm. I go, yeah, he goes, you got to walk him to the edge. <laughs> Like you've got to win their trust. You're trying to. Are you like? Because his act, what people forget about Bill Hicks is, the first twenty minutes of his act was just the most hysterical, good joke, accessible, and then he would hit them with the good darkness. jokes. Oh my god. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And then he
1: literally he, jokes about flying on airplanes. They were brilliant. Sure. Yeah. I,
0: that one joke. This one simple joke. I always repeat it because it kills me. It's like, <laughs> so uh, we've been going out for a year and a half. I guess time to ask the big question: Why are we still going out? <laughs>
1: I love the, the, big the airline bit about sitting on the plane won't yeah. take off. I hear about these hijackers. I'm like, you know what? Good. I paid for a ticket. It won't take me where I want to go. Go ahead, just take it. <laughs> yeah. Here, we put a gun to the pilot's head. I'm hijacking. It. Where to its scheduled destination? Now go. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's very smart. Yeah, yeah, very smart. You know, follow through. Oh God, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And he, was, by the way, he was also a just a very limber,
1: meat and potatoes, great performer. Great faces, great oh, physicality. It really pushed he it. He knew how to sell that stuff.
0: Yeah, I've, I think I've just begun doing that.
1: <laughs> finally?
0: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that happened for me, finally, that, you know, because I was such, I was always at odds with Uh-oh. myself and with uh-huh. my audience, really, in my mind. Mm hmm. But this, like, really, within the last week, I've, I'm working this hour and a half, two hours a chunk. Yeah. That's like been because I've had such a long, uh, there's it's been such a long time yeah. between when I shoot the special that got pushed. So I've been like really ch- moving some of this stuff, try, uh, polishing it for like over a year, a year and a half. Wow. So. But I'm not sick of it because what's happening is like I know I can do like an hour, an hour and a half, which to me is like or an hour and a half, two hours, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. I, I I don't know why it's just one of those dick swinging things. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing two hours, <laughs> but it's good. Yeah, it's yeah, solid. Yeah. But now I'm like I'm like I'm t- uh, like if I have a good audience and they're my audiences and I trust them, like I'll just I'll spread it out, I'll time it right, I'll physicalize more than usual, I'll add a few beats, and then I have these pockets where I can just fucking riff and and yeah. see where I go because I know I'm going to land again.
1: And I've got three or four pockets. You know what you're doing? That's actually kind of brilliant. You're doing this thing that drives me crazy, but you're working it into the process. After I shot my special, I shot it in May, and this happens all the fucking time. You shoot your special, and then the shows you have after your special, you suddenly think of eight better better tags. Or things things you could have dropped out the whole time. You're like, oh, this is so And it's I remember talking to Mitch Hedberg about that. He goes, nothing's more frustrating when you put something down, and you're like, oh, I, I have eight better versions of this, and it's already out there. You're it's like, gone. Yeah. yeah. So I, I used
0: to do crazy. that on Conan all the time, but it didn't matter, because no one was coming to see me, and no one gave a shit. Because <laughs> they would call me on a 2 days' notice or a day notice if someone dropped out. You got need panel? That's and right. You were in pa- town. I was a panel guy. Yeah. So I'd do all these half-baked bits. And, and, and no one can. work them out? Yeah, work them out. I, I, <laughs> I knew there was a couple laughs. I knew that the idea was funny and I got one beat, mm-hmm. but they'd eventually become bigger bits. But yeah, yeah, the benefit of doing this is I know I got to get it down to like 75 minutes. Yes. And, and so what I'm hoping for, what will be revealed in the next couple months, is a genuine through line. And I started improvising some weird kind of uh, this, it's sort of the Patney kind of thing, where somehow I ended up with this uh, George Soros Colossus, who was, <laughs> who was bigger... <laughs> Like three times as big as the planet Earth, and he was just fucking the planet Earth, <laughs> and and he had a ship that was flo- hovering beside him, which was the Suro's ship, and all all the famous Jews of history are in the ship that have died. <laughs> and he's going to dispatch Jesus. It's up to George. What, he's like
1: their Odin, basically, taking him on a chariot over to, okay. (laughs) No, but he he
0: can, uh, you know, uh, that you can get a seat on the ship. It was a long thing, I don't know why, but it happened right after, what's his name, Orban, the Hungarian fascist. When he spoke at the CPAC, is that what it's called? The day after, I'm like, it's time to push the surah spit. Yes, exactly. I don't know, it was just a riff, and I was sort of like, could this be something that comes back and around? A giant closer that somebody animates on YouTube? So. This movie, I love my dad, mm-hmm. which I watched last night, which yep. is uh, uh, disconcerting,
1: It's and, very <laughs> but, but, uh, but
0: entertaining, but and unnerving. It's a little unnerving, but it's more sort of like Ooh, okay, yeah, we're gonna go there, and, <laughs> yeah, it, and this how, and also the thing that like it actually
1: happened to yeah. the writer director, and then of course then in your mind, well, how much of this, it really uh, happened to him? Oh yeah, his dad really catfished him. Because he had cut his dad out of his life. He had, they had a very fucked up relationship. Yeah. I think they've repaired it now, but the father started a Facebook profile of a cute girl and would talk to him. Oh, my and God. And just wanted to talk about their day. But then, of course, James sort of fell in love with this girl mm. and started flirting with her. And the that father so didn't fucked. want to lose the connection. So kind of half flirted back. It, oh, oh man. The, the whole thing. Duh,
0: dude, it's so yeah, fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's uncomfortable. It's 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 a little creepy, and it's always good to have Lil Rell Howie in there to uh, to do the the quick punches.
1: It, it should say Little How Howery as the audience because that's he's basically the like, the fuck are you do? Wait, this is incest.
0: That's all he is. He's yeah. always that guy, and it's he's, always hilarious. And he's great,
1: he's so he's so necessary.
0: He's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love it, that guy. Thank God that he's there. He
1: was great too on the set. No, he's a great guy. Hi, Lil. How you doing, man? Yeah, yeah. So happy to see him. But so this. It's weird how, because you you were texting me earlier about how this move, this script came around to you like three years ago. In
0: 2019 in August, I got emails from a director and he just wanted me to be that guy. Yeah, the dad. Yeah, because it made sense. But then like my agents within days was sort of like, don't read the script. Looks like the kid wants to. Who wrote it wants to direct it. We don't know where it's at, and oh. and and now here it is. You're the guy. Yeah, I mean. And, but it, then I had to wonder the whole time, like, how would I play it? Would have been such a different game. Oh, it would have been a, Again, that's.
1: I love the fact that, like, big fan, which was originally a script called Paul Alfiero, that had made the rounds for ten years. Yeah. Sandler had it. Philip Seymour Hoffman had it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And the guy that wrote it wrote the Wrestler, and that the money he got for writing the Wrestler. Yeah. Um, he used to go make big fans so when it came to me he's like here's how we're doing it I'm taking all of my wrestler money and this is the because that's the script that got him all this other work right so he's like I'm gonna fucking shoot this thing finally I can't yeah. and I just love that spirit so much of like I'm gonna put all my own money into it I mean that was literally there were no my I, my dressing room was the back of his car Yeah. and the sets
0: I like the, that turn in that movie where you, you know where where you, you think that you're gonna oh, take real action.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, mean, I take symbolic action. Yeah. <laughs> which in my mind is taking real action. Yeah,
0: I, I like that. I, yeah. I thought that was good. So okay, so you're in the car with that. You're sweeping you're the dressing rooms. The van. The van, and then like the the uh, scout location
1: scouting was. Does anyone know someone with access to a hospital <laughs> yeah. because we lost the hospital set today? It was literally like that, like day to day running gun.
0: Yeah, and what was this one?
1: I this mean, because the this,
0: kid, the key seems like a young kid. that yeah, wrote and directed.
1: He's it. a very young kid. He's done. A, he acts a lot. He used to be a model. He directed another film called Three Something. That's that's just as cringy. Yeah, and that's uh, the word I'm
0: looking for. Cringy. Yeah,
1: and and, and a bigger um, this this Hans Films got on it and then asked me to produce it. And once I came on, I think it helped get. I mean, it was still super low bud. Yeah, the movies that you end up really. Meaning a lot to you is terms like you never make money off of. it. Is it's that like, true? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of using the Steve Buscemi model where I will go and do some big budget stuff, and then that gives me the breathing room to go do something that's not going to make me any money. What, but I love like, the script so
0: much. But don't you make you don't you make like truckloads of dough on the TV stuff and the voice stuff?
1: I yeah, I do very. I'm I'm not complaining about that. I do I do really right. voiceover. But yeah. what I'm saying is the stuff that is really that it's going to end up being very very personal. Don't expect to make a lot of money on
0: it. Like what else? What like one of Uh big you know,
1: well there's a there's a I have a creator owned comic book that I'm doing now for Dark Horse which is a story. That's a that regular gig? It's going to be yeah, it'll start this so, month. So you're going to do the whole story? Me and another writer, yeah, but we own it. It's ours. Yeah. But you don't make a lot of money writing comics. unless. No, I thought there was a fortune. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm, un- I'm unless kidding, your kidding. thing gets developed as sure, something. Sure, I mean, you know, Neil Gaiman was scraping along for years, and now he's insanely successful. I just
0: talked to him. He, he hasn't been scraping, you know, not too recently. No,
1: not too recently. No, 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 no. I
0: talked to him. I, I said to him, he was in, sitting in here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, uh, if you're going to make more of these with Patton, <laughs> I said, I want him to make the noise of the bird. Oh, oh really? I want, I want Patton to go.
1: Ah! <laughs>
0: oh, I got to do the squawking. Yeah, said, that was the that was Make the only do it, flaw. God damn it! I just yeah. like I was like, "There's Patton." I want to hear Patton and Patton voice go. Ah! Yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's it's. I remember when I was at the IFC Awards one year, and Steve Buscemi went up for trees lounge. And yeah. The first person he thanked was Michael Bay cuz he was like, "Thank you for them hmm, so oh, yeah. I can make
0: my movie." Well, how come well you were a producer on this? What would that what did that require of you?
1: Uh, just, you know, coordinating all the different departments and talking to people and making sure that they were You did you know, that? This person a, a lot of it, not all of it, it's but not a lot just of a it. slate.
0: You actually were an, an active producer? <laughs> yes, I was an active producer. Like, like <laughs> you didn't just sit- say, "Like I'll do it if you put my name on." No, no, that's
1: uh. that's called associate producer, oh. which I'm also a lot on. But this was actually like, "Hey, this person and this person, and you know, oh, let's yeah? get people on." You, yeah,
0: so you had you had your hand in casting and everything. Um, yes, and and also
1: some of the, I mean, I was given all the materials as they would go along. Here we're, we're scouting this location, this location. I'm like, luckily, we had an amazing. Had you done that before? Not really, no. I mean, I'd seen, it was weird because I did that, and then this year I directed my Netflix special, and that was also me constantly emailing and texting every department. This just the one
0: you just shot? The one I that Oh, that's I just right. Shot. I saw you tweeting about that. Yeah, yeah, Well, self-directing yourself, that seems, uh, all right.
1: Well, what was weird was you just have to super prepare where you want the cameras to be beforehand, have it in your head, where are you going to be on stage. Sure trust the departments to get that and the crew that I had had shot a million specials well, what, so they knew exactly what to do.
0: What was the point? I mean it's not like that's not a money thing. You want no. you, just, you just thought it would be easier? To want to, uh, was it more practicality I, thing? I wanted to get the confidence to go oh yeah I can work with a lot of different people and deal with that input and still do my creative work. Okay, so I you... was always
1: afraid of of taking on that role.
0: Oh, so you oh, so you you really haven't. You didn't direct any AP bios no. or no, no, I was going No, Queen Queens.
1: I was shadowing some of the directors and then the show didn't get uh, well then we got shut down for COVID and then the show didn't get picked up. Uh-huh. Well, no. Even worse. I was shadowing some of the directors and then when the show came back after COVID, they were like, "We can only have minimal. You can't shadow people right now because uh-huh. we can only have minimal people." And then the show didn't get picked up. Mm. But but what on whatever future show yeah. I'm going to do, I'm going to ask to shadow. Right now, I just ha- haven't had the time.
0: But I mean, how much do you have to shadow? You've been you've been on TV sets for 200 episodes of things.
1: Yeah, but those were like ABC and X camera shows. This is a single camera. Like oh, you like that stuff? That
0: there's something about something like, like there's something about three camera that's kind of fun though.
1: If I could get a three, it's the best job in the world. But, like, <laughs> it's you go in Monday morning, you're done at 10. You do a producer's run through, you do a blocking run through. Yeah. You, you tape it on Friday, you don't go until three or four. It's the best life.
0: But, like, the single camera, well, you were on Veep for a while. That was single that camera. That was single kinda. camera in Baltimore and D.C. But that's a lot of running around. They had two cameras, they just call it single camera. They must yeah. have had two or three cameras here and there.
1: For the most part, it was one. Really? Because they like that documentary feel. They don't want There coverage. was no overs? No, they well, they want the, we're catching right. stuff yeah, as it's yeah, happening. yeah, 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 I get you it. Know, that was the it. style at
0: the time. Now, but you haven't written a movie? Oh, I've written plenty of movies. They just haven't been made. But are you still like a doctor? You still get shit? Uh, like, yes. Get- oh, yeah, I was
1: just, um, yes, I was actually doing some doctoring on something that I can't talk about, uh, of, you know, rewriting scenes. And, uh-huh. and luckily now they've... Um, they've realized give give the doctor the script early before you start shooting so that it's not you haven't sunk 80 million dollars into the order it's already in so if i suggest hey this scene should actually happen like who are the directors here.
0: that 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 use you for that stuff generally
1: well i don't want to say cuz it's usually not the directors it's usually the studio insisting the director does a doctoring pass oh. so that they can feel better and a lot of times cuz these directors are my friend i'm there secretly to just go hey, leave it the way it is. Right. Because I want to protect their vision. You've
0: never gotten into one of those situations where you do a pass and then have to fight for Mm -hmm. credit of the film with the uh, guild.
1: (laughs) The stuff that I have done a pass on, I was more than happy not to have a credit on. In fact, (laughs) one movie that I did a pass on, Brian Posehn and I did a pass on a movie, and a bunch of other writers did too, and the original script was horrible. Like The guy was paid for it. And then he... The original writer fought, like went to the WGA and went, it's only my name. And then none of us contested it. We we're like, ah, go right ahead. <laughs> and then he got paranoid. Like, why is nobody protesting <laughs> this? Why does no one want their name in this? We're like, well, it's your movie. Yeah. Like, and by the way, the movie that got made did, didn't have a word of his shit in it. It was all us, but it was so bad. Really? I didn't want our names. So we we're like, can you just, we're, we, we don't can, need to contest you anything. Can't,
0: we can't name this movie? I, no, I just, I don't want to be mean.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you off. I'll tell you off camera, and there's a weird little side thing to it, but I, I just don't want to. I don't want to be. Because here's the thing, too. And you, it you all know comes this because. Well, yeah, I no, got a not big only mouth. That, you yeah. have been in enough movies to go, even a movie that ends up sucking, everyone busted their asses. They tried to make it good. I know. It well, just doesn't
0: yeah, work sometimes. Well, I haven't been as many movies. I haven't been. I know that's true, and I know that's true from. From talking to people, but I also know that in the racket of acting or whatever, these guys sometimes know going in. Oh, that yeah, really, yeah. That and you, you must do that at this point. That the choice is really sort of like, how many weeks is it? Yeah. Where? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Air, where are we shooting? Yeah,
0: yeah. On okay. a cruise ship. All right. Yeah, something like that. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. For me, like I get offered stuff. I don't want. To, I'm not an actor. I don't want to be like in <laughs> Egypt for six months. <laughs>
1: I can't even imagine it. Well, you don't want to be either in Egypt or in Shreveport in a warehouse in front of a green blanket with a tennis ball in front of you. like That's his mouth. Talk to him there. Yeah, no. I've I yeah, yeah, never
0: yeah. done any of that green screen shit. Have you? Yeah.
1: Have you ever done special effects stuff?
0: Uh, not really. I've done a little bit of it. I've d- I've only been animated. Yes. Well, the, and that's just voiceover is great. Didn't I you could... write that bit for, for Stiller on the Oscars? Was that you in the green suit? Yeah. That
1: wasn't me. No, no. I wrote a thing for him for the movie awards where it, Will Ferrell it. plays his, grat- his gratitude, his acceptance speech coach. Oh, okay. Where he comes out, and he goes, You're, "This is this. Yeah. This speech is bullshit. Yeah. That We're thing, about gratitude, not attitude." Ben, that thing in the green suit was too funny.
0: Yeah, it was really good, and,
1: <laughs> and that's what so many actors have to deal with.
0: Because he's so funny with, with physical <laughs> comedy. That's. I mean, he's he's very gifted in, in that thing that he doesn't do anymore.
1: Well, because he's become such a fucking great director.
0: I know. Yeah, he's like you know, he's, he's like he didn't get he didn't get locked into uh, being a fucking screwball his whole life. Yeah, you know, that, that doesn't age well. I can name three other dudes. <laughs> yeah, two, one.
1: Well, <laughs> that but yeah, there's a certain age where you're like yeah, you can't be doing this. No,
0: and and yeah. you can't try to make it happen anymore. No, who the fuck knows what's funny? It's so rare to see something funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially now, comedy isn't such a weird. Although you know, I don't comedy, know what's happening, dude. But comedy always go through, goes through these cycles. Is that true? of... that Like what kind you of you remember us back in the early '90s uh-huh. in San Francisco? There was all this shit about you know what that was the birth of politically correct and was it? What, oh yeah, and and there was stuff was changing and there was the old guard and, and just like there was the old guard that was angry again you mean about the old guard being just Bobby Slayton. What that. He's still... I, I
0: loved working with him. I he love him. He was such a sweetheart. He is and a just, sweetheart.
1: And would destroy audiences. Like,
0: just destroy them. Sometimes. I mean, you I know. think that it was an indicator of the time you were talking about mm-hmm. when he would do the punch and it was not so destroy Yeah, Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there like, was a point where people were like, no. But stuff always... Comedy, comedy can't stay the fucking
1: same. And nothing can. Because if it does, then it dies. It has to mutate. But yeah, the evolution and, of and language there, yeah, is thing. And, and there thing, will be true. a time... When, when you and I won't matter anymore, and that's fine. Like, you do it your time. It
0: happened uh, two years ago and for you-, <laughs> you, and it's just starting to happen for
1: me. I just want to walk away into the dust like John Wayne at the end of The Searchers. Like, uh, I did my part, I'm sure, done.
0: Sure, with no one watching the movie. Yeah, exactly. What's just that mean? guy doing? I don't know, a scene of some kind. He's walking, He's into the- walking, walking hey, to the dude, desert. Hey, dude,
1: close the door. <laughs> I don't need to see. Hey!
0: That's right. That's right. The door's shut. A- shut the door, <laughs> you the fuck the fucking fuck he- up the shot. Moron. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's oh, also there's there's seven billion people on the planet. I can't, we can't entertain all of them. If you find your little dude, trip, I can't you're entertain.
0: Fine. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I've 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 grown to accept. Though I will judge myself against you, because I know you do uh, amazingly well in some cities, and mm. then just like me in some cities, it's sort of like six hundred is good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, hey,
1: dude. Hey, there's plenty of cities I've gone to where I'm. I'll get that seating chart the day before from the oh, tour yeah, 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 hey, yeah
0: Where are the tickets? At? Oh, oh wow. shit. Okay. So and then they go, no, it'll look fine. They'll just darken the balcony. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've I've been there for sound check where they're hanging the curtains in front of the, the two balconies. <laughs> you're like, Okay. I don't
0: even care anymore. It's weird because yeah. it, it really because like it's not going to be what we're not going to like it's not going to be sparse like so even no. if it's the only venue they have in the region and you don't sell out the balcony but you still sell 500 tickets I'm good. it's great i'm like
1: that's that's look uh, the thing i've always said in 1993, was the first year that I could just do stand up. I, I made 11 grand that year, but it was enough yeah. to pay my rent yeah. and make me not have to have a day job. And to me, that was like, I fucking made Dude, it. Dude, I remember. All I got to do you remember, is do I just
0: remember having $800 in the bank. I couldn't believe Were you, it. For, or you're, I was like, yeah. this is amazing. What am I going to do with I've, this? I have $800 in the bank. Yeah. I remember,
1: I I, 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 would remember rolling nickels, literally ro- doing nickel rolls to get the two dollars to go down to the toy boat and afford a cup of coffee. And I don't want to sound like some fucking Damon Runyon thing, but that was a big deal when I had accumulated enough nickels to put in a two-dollar roll. I'm like, yeah. this will get me a coffee and free oh, refills yeah. for the day. I'm set. Where was that place? Remember at the corner of Fifth and uh, Clement. The oh, toy yeah, boat, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. corner sure, from sure. the zoo, from
0: the zoo, yeah, yeah. But you guys lived over there, right? Right, Brian and Brian and I lived right there. With short, uh, no, uh, with Blaine. It was you guys in? Because I was living in the Mission. That's
1: right. I remember I went down to
0: um. And you waited my house on right. Fell Street. I moved to Fell Street with Kim on the Panhandle. And you lived,
1: in, it was a nice neighborhood, but it was still had a sense of sketch to it. Where you were living is so on the panhandle. Yeah, because it's like yeah, it's affordable like, now.
0: Yeah, it's like was like, a few blocks from DeViz, Yeah, there were certain from the Western Edition. Was that what it's called? Yeah. But in 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 talking about that stuff, like because I'm trying to figure out what is really happening with comedy because there's so many things that were not there when we were starting out it was one thing when you know politically correct thing, things started happening but that that was the nature of San Francisco yeah so but San Francisco was also the most embracing place where that you couldn't do you and I couldn't have really continued to come up anywhere else
1: no that there was i hit a wall where i was I hit a wall back in D.C., yeah, definitely. They,
0: they were they were always so, it was an embracing, they wanted to see you take chances, and they yeah. wanted to, things to be weird.
1: Yeah, but I think the other thing that a lot of comedians that are coming up now are missing that we had is they don't have their time in the wilderness that we had. Everything is being filmed now, and a lot of them are unwisely. And by the way, I wouldn't be any different if I was 18, if I had access to Instagrams, I'd be posting my shit like an idiot sure. all the time.
0: But you be, but it's, <laughs> there's an entitlement to it because they they know that's the game. Yes, the, the idea is not to be Hicks. It's not to be a great headliner. No, it's like you know how many of these fucking crowd work TikToks can I get Rack out? Up points to get yeah. uh, two hundred people into a club. Right, but but what I'm saying is their
1: whatever their thing that they old break guys, well, listen to us. <laughs> whatever they these fucking kids. Just be honest. <laughs> I, I had to record my first album <laughs> on a wax cylinder. Yeah. Um like like when I was coming up, I had so many influences. You were a massive influence on I me. Mean, Blaine was a massive influence. And there were times when I didn't have my voice. I had a version of you, then a version of Blaine, then a version of Proops, because I was forming myself.
0: Yeah, little Weinhold.
1: It was yeah. Oh my God, I was yes <laughs> Weinhold, and it took me. To, but but nobody was filming me, so I, <laughs> I had my Weinhold. But now there's these people coming up. Yeah. that. They are just, I see what Joe Rogan's doing. I want to do that. What is he doing? And well, I. No, I know what
0: you mean. Yeah. They want to be part of it. Like I don't they think want, anybody exactly. looks at Joe Rogan and says, I want to emulate his comedy. I couldn't even identify what that would be. <laughs> I've always
1: said about Joe, what's so ironic and kind of beautiful yeah. about him is Joe Rogan is doing what you and you people like you and I were always saying people should do push the boundaries, experiment with drugs, question reality. The only thing that went wrong with him was <laughs> someone gave him two hundred million dollars. Uh, That's where he went nuts. Uh, like if I had a podcast about knitting and someone gave me two hundred million I would fuck yarn on my podcast. Sure. I would Sure. I would have gone
0: nuts. Sure, you, so, you would. You would knit it into uh, <laughs> into a swastika, some sort of yeah, <laughs> new libertarian flag. <laughs> you would invite the troops. You'd leave. <laughs> but
1: yeah, like they though all my time in the wilderness before I could figure out. And there's still times when I yeah, like I remember I I worked with you a few. Weeks ago at the comedy store, and your stuff was and was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna start talking like him for a goddamn week again." I, I get like, that a little, always, but you yeah, yeah. never.
0: I, 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 that happens to me sometimes. With uh, but it's it my. It's not the angry guys anymore. Sometimes I'll I'll, I'll find a little uh, Bargatze infusion, <laughs> just like get the weird pace of Nate yeah. occasionally, and uh, every once in a while I'll, I'll, uh, a gaff again will slip in. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's there's something uh, so defiant, especially with all of the anger when you're someone like a Nate or a Jim and you're talking about the goofiest shit, yeah, yeah. there's something kind of defiant about, oh, no, no, I'm going to talk for 20 minutes yeah. about toaster pastries sure. and it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, yeah. In the face of everything it's, that's it's going just, on around you us. You learn how, there's
0: how something... to have a fun time. I learned how to have a good time. Exactly. I'm, like, I'm, I'm tra- actually I'm amusing to do myself. But like, it's weird. Do you really look at yourself, though? Do you look at old videos of yourself and not see you? Because I look at stuff of me in 89 and mm-hmm. I see me.
1: No, I see parts of me, but I also see me... Um, dealing with my influences, sure, sure, and and I've I've never understood these people that try to um, hide their influences. Like, get no one. No one bursts out of the forehead of Zeus fully formed. You have nobody that's, that's is fine. that true? That's true. Oh.
0: It's fine. You can you can influence. Sure, yourself. there's like there was an army of Attells in New York when I was there. Yes. Oh my <laughs> God, and Attel was a...
1: another huge. There's times when uh. there's old bits I watch. I'm like, oh fuck, I did that's the, his rhythm. Attell, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I still we text each other all the time because I'll come up with something. I'm like, oh yeah. Do you do anything like uh. this? Because this sounds like you.
0: Well, no, he'll he'll text me. Like yeah. I asked him about the Angel Factory. I asked you too. Yeah, in but fact, I, I
1: even said I'm like that. Sound the only one that could come close would be a tell. So yeah, text yeah, him I text right him. now.
0: He's like, no. Yeah, I get texts from him in the middle. I, he hardly ever texts me. And then you just going. Do you do a thing about jerking <laughs> off in the Bible? <laughs> no, you can have that one.
1: <laughs> God, that's a good tell. Hey, Marin. Do you
0: <laughs>
1: But so if you're not Yeah. if you're in this weird I'm not saying that you're in some kind of twilight zone, you clearly still like doing stand up, but you're you also are right in now. huh? It's the
0: best right now. It is. I just Why re- is it the best? I just recommitted somehow, you know. After Lynn died and after the COVID, like you know, I, I during COVID I'm like I don't know if I even need to do it anymore. My thought was a it was a weird thought process. It was just sort of like maybe I'm all better. You know? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I fixed it. Yeah, maybe I don't need this shit. Yeah. But once I started doing it again because I had to, you know, get an hour together for the New York Comedy Festival, which you know that's all I always I work on incentives. So like if I have something, mm-hmm. then I'm, something else. And I never know where I'm going to get an hour. Right. Right. But for some reason this time I'm just like. I'm fucking just going out, dude. Well, then I mean, if you, got fucking, a, if you got a brainwave going, just enjoy it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, I don't think I ever knew how to do that. You know, oh. I, I and I think that when I started doing theaters, you know, I knew that I wasn't afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I've really been. In, and I think I'm probably a little indulgent. But fuck it, man. I'm 58. Yeah. I mean, do it now.
1: Yeah, do it. Yeah, now. And, and
0: also, like, I'm not like.
1: Is anyone complaining that you're that they're getting two hours from you? No, then but but yeah. but it's
0: just weird because like having been being a comic that's never been huge. Mm-hmm. Like, there's none of that, like, because I see a lot of guys that have been, you know, at at a certain level forever, and there's part of me that's like, enough. You yeah. <laughs> yeah, put it away. You know, you've, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. proved your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Stripped I, out. Well, yeah, but, like, I, you know, some of these boomers got to get out of the way. But, but, yeah. but look, I, I have to let that go because I have a good audience and, and I'm doing the best work I've done. Wow! You're, right. So the, the, the stuff that you're the most excited to do and a really
1: that, sure. that that's got to feel. great. It's just great.
0: like well, I can see the growth in it. Like I feel mm. like I've landed where I am. You know, wow. I'm not so I'm not like stuck somewhere. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's all part yeah, of an you, evolution. You push through. That's got to feel great. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But like you know, but like it's a limited people. There's a limited. Uh, they're my audience, but it's not like you know. I don't. I couldn't do an arena. But like, but there's part of me that to. no, I know. But there's part of me that's like, why isn't my appeal broader?
1: <laughs> Well, but a lot of people that are in an arena, and this is not to put down arena comics. You can't. A lot of people are there because they want to be with the the biggest crowd that's there. Oh, historic! But there's nothing that there's a lot of times when you'll you'll see an audience tweeting about an arena comedian they just saw, and what's weird is they're never tweeting about any bits. That, that really blew them away yeah, yeah, yeah. or blasted through them. They're just like, it was just, I mean, you yeah. know the PC police were shitting their pants. <laughs> like, yeah, what did he say? <laughs> just, you know, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, just yeah. Am- you know, like, yeah. oh, the, it just, there's nothing there,
0: you know? But they, it's a It's a happening. Yes. Yeah, I get
1: it. I, I remember seeing you know big, huge bands in arenas, and yeah. I can't quite Terrible. remember. But then I've, I remember seeing bands in smaller rooms. And I can remember every sure. fucking second of it. That just like yeah, I, 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 I was at the Viper Room one night, and PJ Harvey came in unannounced and did like songs from the city, songs from the sea, like just yeah. kind of rough, hadn't come out yet. Oh yeah, I I remember literally. She was so. Fucking amazing in this tiny room yeah. that wasn't even filled. She was just like, I'm just working this stuff out. Yeah, I'm
0: sure and there's some. Everybody
1: was connected to her.
0: There's got to be someone saying that about one of my sets at Boston Comedy Company <laughs> on 3rd Street, Manhattan, when it was nine scattered people. Yeah,
1: but like, I've had those nights where. Like I'd be at the UCB or something, sure. and was but I came off stage so energized, like everything connected. And I know that there would be like an arena level comic that would go, "That was horrible," only because
0: the numbers weren't huge. I guess, but so. it's like,
1: but the con- didn't you feel the connection in sure. that room? It was I amazing. Think, I
0: think most of the people we know that can actually do arenas or are, you know still do club work. Oh you know, yeah, they, to work it out. And I do know that feeling that you. But you know what I feel is like. You have to appreciate yourself in that moment because you realize like yeah. that's never going to happen again. I yeah. don't know where that came from. <laughs> yeah, and I know, can't but, recapture that. No, and then you try to. It's like, because things get delivered on stage, and you're like, oh, I'm going like, to add that in. It never works. It never oh, works. Oh, that drives me fucking crazy when what something works
1: one night. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. do the exact same wording, exact same inflection, and it. Ne- not only does it not work again, yeah. it never works again. I know. What was going yeah. on that it takes night? takes you a year that- to stop doing it, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, exactly. You keep hammering.
0: Yeah. Oh, wait, that's right. That was just. one night yeah can't you can't get it back what comic books do you read every month um there's a lot of
1: really interesting smaller publishers now that are giving people and what's amazing is a lot of really big writers that can't get something sold as a tv show or a movie yeah they'll sell it as a comic book because they own it and it's like getting free storyboards for your work oh that's interesting uh for instance there's a Um, uh, a company called Aftershock Comics, and they did this amazing. You would love this. It's a title called Maniac of New York, and basically, it's imagine like you know Jason Voorhees from Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Oh, there's a guy named um, uh, like Murder Harry or something. He's like a Jason type. Pops up in New Year's Eve '85, murders 12 people. The police shoot him. He doesn't die. He vanishes. And now. Um, every few years or every few months, he pops up in New York and murders some people. Yeah. And the city of New York just adjusted to him. Yeah. It's like, well, there's a maniac. <laughs> Don't give him any Harris. more attention? Well, no, it's just like we we lose a few people every year. I and mean, yeah. think of the people we lose to gun violence. Everyone's like, well, am I not going to live in New York where I'm making all my money? Right. And the city has adjusted to an unkillable sure. maniac, which is what would happen. And then there's a new people, like just that, some of the concepts are yeah. so brilliant. yeah.
0: You know, it's just there's so much stuff. There's
1: another guy named Charles Sewell that does big ticket stuff for like Marvel, Star Wars, and X Men. And then he'll go and sell a little book. He does one now called Eight Billion Genies. And one day on Earth, everyone wakes up, everyone has their own genie that will grant them one wish. Yeah. And then you see the effects on the Earth of every person getting one whatever the fuck they want to have happen.
0: Does it come through their phone?
1: Uh, It's. They just float next to them, and, and they're there until you make your wish, and then they disappear. Really? But suddenly, like you know, the the Empire State Building is made of mac and cheese because someone's <laughs> some crazy. I want it to be made of mac. And someone there's <laughs> and so there's what? suddenly superheroes everywhere. Yeah. And then like nine hundred, like nine hundred thousand people all win the lottery. Like it's oh, all. That's, oh, that's funny. And, but, but then a lot of shit starts canceling itself out. You're right. It, it's ama- And then it's just amazing. Oh, that's how funny. It, yeah. It's clever. So it's just all these really cool concepts. What's now. your comic about? It is. It's called uh, Minor Threats, and it's about a. Group of blue level, blue collar level supervillains like I just knock over a bank. I've got some small powers. Yeah, and a major, major supervillain like like Joker. Oh, I level. saw
0: a picture of that guy. You tweeted it or something. Yes. What was the name of it? Again?
1: Uh, the uh, oh the um uh, the stick man. Oh, who's a major supervillain kills a major superhero and all the big A list superheroes. Yeah. are cracking down on the city. Yeah, and the low level guys are like, I just want to fucking rob a. What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. So they're fucked it up for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're hunting the big supervillain to hand him Uh, over to the heroes to go, we can get some credit in the favor bank, and they might leave. uh, Like, it's a weird- Exactly. Interesting. It's our riff on M, Mm. in a way, like, this this fucking guy is Because he's not doing it to make money. He's just a crazy supervillain. Right. We're not in this for the- art aspect of it. You know, we're not yeah, trying yeah, to be yeah. Warhol here. I would like to rob a bank and get some fucking money, you <laughs> asshole, you know. Yeah. So it is about all those tensions. It's really fun.
0: And what so what are you on TV now?
1: Uh I'm on The Sandman. No, I saw that. Oh, The Sandman. I'm on um you can still watch on Stars, um Gaslit. Oh yeah. And then I'm shooting a new series for Apple Plus. What is that? It's called Manhunt and it's about the Hunt for John Wilkes Booth, the 12-day hunt. Oh, you get to wear costumes? And I get to massive beard, uh, gun, sword, all that. I, I play Lafayette Baker, who was the chief of New York police, who was in charge of the hunt, but was also quietly like, how can I make money off of this? Uh-huh. For my, well, that's a big reward. If I assign my dumb cousin to this well, that's a big we role huh it's pretty interesting yeah i mean it's a huge sprawling cast it's oh. not just me it's everybody it's huh. huge and you didn't realize i didn't realize this till i read the book that it's based on i thought john books booth shot lincoln and then they captured him but they and they did and they killed him but for those 12 days he was trying to get back to the confederacy and go i've killed lincoln let's restart the war and they would have restarted it it was an attack, and it wasn't just Lincoln. It, that's t- a, that's t- a
0: conspiracy.
1: It was yeah, it was a planned thing, and yeah. it was like a storming, of, same thing, storming of the Capitol. So to to just start the war to re to restart the war and and re- usurp the United States for the South, huh? It was crazy. Well, that's prescient. And Is that it, the word? It, it very prescient. And John Wilkes Booth was a massively famous and successful actor, extremely good looking, extremely beloved. Really, um, but. Just love the South, goddammit, and this country's going the wrong fucking way. And, and was an acclaimed actor. He was a very was
0: successful. somebody in his ear, or he decided to do this. It himself? was the, just the way he was raised. He was raised. No, but I mean, like to 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 take the action.
1: He it was himself, but he had people helping him, people financing him.
0: Yeah. It was a huge. A lot of guys going, it's our guy.
1: Yeah, there, there were there <laughs> are parallels <laughs> yeah. to like, oh, that was the Steve Bannon back then. Oh, that was the okay. Right. Oh yeah, yeah 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 like all this
0: shit. There's the there's the oh, cox well, cool. or the
1: cox or yeah.
0: So let me ask you, like, as you know, for as somebody who has dealt with similar stuff, I mean, how what it what what was the arc of your grief around Michelle? It was
1: interesting, and it was weird, and not that I'm I'm saying this in any kind of grateful way or any yeah. kind of sage way, but it was it was very odd for me to see you. I knew what you were going through. I knew what the parallels were, and I knew because you're. I think you remember. I was I was texting you, yeah, and yeah, contacting right you, away, and yeah. then I stopped because I realized part of this healing process is to now, he's got to be by himself for a while. Yeah, yeah. And and, and you need to, like, not so...
0: Um, right, you need to stop...
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. everyone asks, yeah, like, yeah. hey, okay, now I need to process this. I need to go line the weeds and well, scream well, for well, a while. It was easier
0: with COVID. There, yeah, no, well, it, yeah,
1: I had no choice. Yeah, no. <laughs> but <laughs> I went through that. It was weird how you mentioned that, hey, maybe I'm done. I was like, maybe comedy isn't what I should be doing right now. Because, like, if I go on stage my wife has died our daughter is and 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 i felt like if i'm on stage does is that in disgust is that disgusting that i'm still doing jokes or like i didn't know if i would ever do comedy again well that's it well, was really did, did you ever go through that like well i guess i'm done doing that
0: well i what i go through and i talk about on stage because there's about 15 minutes where i really talk about you know grief specifically mm-hmm. in my experience in covid and also you know what people tell you and 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 the, the that feeling of you know you just want to to you want to be relieved yes because you when yeah. you're in it you can't really see that it's going to go away but you can see you know the one sort of realization you have is like there's nothing unusual about this it's just right is, it's just my fucking turn and and the, the thing is is like people die oh, some great way to put that yeah some people die you know and, and you know some tragically you hope that doesn't happen you yeah, but it happens every day yeah You you know, and and it it, there's no way it doesn't shift you and change you when things happen out of out of turn. But uh, but, you know, it's just really dealing with, you know, when do I write a joke? When does the funny happen? Exactly. I couldn't even. And can you do it?
1: I remember what I needed um, was. And yes, I also toyed with the idea of do I do a serious one man show? But I'm like, I don't want that to be my thing. You know what got me out of it was yeah. I really re-embraced absurdity. Mm. I was watching Eric Andre and um, uh, uh, Tim and Eric. And oh, like, interesting. Oh, that's right. What I do is actually, this is more helpful than me. But then there were times when I went on stage, once I started doing comedy again, I did a few sets where I never mentioned it. And yeah. that was even weirder for the audience. Because they are like, we yeah, know what exactly. You should address exactly. it even if you just say it once yeah. so I had to find a way to address it yeah but then my personal life to get me out of that rut was I would run into comedians who would in a weird way they they would say do things that made me laugh sure like like at one point like after Michelle passed away then a friend of mine from back home's husband passed away like yeah. literally a month out. and then my friend's sister passed away all like boom 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 yeah and, and then I was um shooting a some friends of mine said, "Go, go do a little guest spot on this show. Yeah, it, just just to give yourself something to do. Get out of the house. Yeah." And I was doing a scene with Susie Essman, and she could tell. Yeah, in between takes, and I'm just like, yeah, my heart's it's, it's broken. Horrible. And she's like, "Hey, I know what happened. Are you okay?" I'm like, and "I was like, well, I'm okay, but like." Michelle passed away. Then, literally a month later, my friend. And I saw uh, there's all these other people dying around me now. And I'm like, have I become like this avatar of death or something? And then she said, Sweetie, you're not that
0: important. Yeah, yeah. And it
1: made me laugh so fucking hard. It brought me out of that shit. Yeah. And it made me. It just was like, oh, that just saved me right that's now. It's so
0: funny. How, I needed that. How the comic book brain works against you sometimes.
1: I, exactly. <laughs> Is this my new superpower <laughs> it's that my, I got? You know, what just, did I get bitten by a radioactive death?
0: But that's right. That's like <laughs> that. Your imagination. You know, yeah. you are fundamentally the 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 center of the orbit.
1: And and also the narcissism of the sure. stand-up. Of course, yeah, I'm yeah. going to fucking think yeah, that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, all that shit. I just that that, but I needed that.
0: Yeah, I I know. don't know. Yeah, my experience was just you know I I just knew. I was leveled. I mean, and the the thing is weird is that you know obviously you had a child and a, a, yeah. a longer history with with your wife, but the way that it went down was similar in that you know th- we I didn't see it coming
1: exactly, and and you know could and it could not have been a more normal quickly. day,
0: right? For you, it was even more you know tragic and yeah. quick. But like you know when Lynn got sick, we, I was like, oh, this, she'll get better, and then all of a sudden it's like, what? Yeah, uh, and that like that the trauma of that is just so fucking horrible and disorienting it's just t- terrible like cuz like it's like you have control of nothing exactly and and you realize like well that's the truth yes Right, everything else that I have around
1: me—the books I read, the music I listen to—that's just to drown out this very ancient darkness <laughs> that we're always brushing up against. That someone gave know, us the
0: gift of knowing about. That, that,
1: that someone reminded me of for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I remember if I sent you because when Michelle passed away, uh, Michael Penn sent me a Grief Observed by C.S. No, you Lewis. did. You, you did. You sent and, it to me.
0: It's funny. I do a bit about you know about. I do. <laughs> I just added a joke to the thing where oh, it was God. like. You know, when somebody dies, depending on how smart your friends are, you'll probably get at least six <laughs> copies of the Joan Didion book, <laughs> uh, The Year of Magical Thinking. <laughs> and, and, you, and you want help. So you read it like I read it. And it's like, all right, her husband died. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it helps me. Mm-hmm. And and I'm, but my problem is like, I'm a creative person, so now I'm thinking like, nah, I got to write a fucking book now, I guess, right? I better than
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the
0: the, CS the Greek Lewis, book I got through. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a little so heavier. So slim. It's 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 it's, and, dense, and it's So
1: it's weird. It's the slimmest book that took me the longest time to read because he was literally writing it as she was like he was. I can't tell you
0: what it meant. The
1: moment and that first sentence. I didn't realize how much grief felt like terror, and that put everything into immediate perspective for me. It's that what you're talking about. This is is terrifying. I didn't know that I was vulnerable to this. It's terrifying, and this is, one of the greatest writers of the 20th century, yeah. not waiting a year till after she, as his wife is, and he knows he's going to lose her, I he's think putting he knew every emotion when he down. married
0: her, didn't didn't yes, he that he she knew was that she was sick
1: and but he wanted to spend whatever time he could with her, which is beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, beautiful. I, I like I, I I remember taking bits and pieces from that. I like Joan Didion's book because it was really nuts and bolts of like you know yeah. like you know going back to the house after you know because mm-hmm. I went, dude, I went down there. You know, it was the middle of COVID, and the doctor said that he w- he would let me come see her after she's passed. I went to the hospital that night, and it oh was, dude, it was like so fucking terrible. And I and I you know and I even like I'm just trying to figure out, you know, on stage, I you know, to to tell these stories because you start to realize like everyone's dealt with this. Like I've been, and that's what's evolving in, in when I keep doing this hour is that mm-hmm. that piece of material, to to sort of ground it in something genuinely. Grounded, as opposed yeah, to me yeah. trying to feel better, is is that you know six out of fucking ten people know what it's like to be on the phone, you know, with a loved one in the hospital, yeah. with a doctor, with other family members, going, what's happening, right? What's ha- where are we at? Yeah, and that day is the fucking it's it's a common th- experience. It's waiting for everyone. Why are you to think about that? Yeah, you it's know? a common experience. Yeah. So, I, I and I'm trying to sort of frame that stuff like that. But like, I just had Andrew, you know Andrew Garfield in here yesterday, mm-hmm. and we were talking about grief, and we both got all fucking choked up. And you know, oh. and like it comes because right. his mom just passed away, right? right? Yeah, it, it's been a bit, but but like you know, it, it's just sharing grief is it's it's very human and very simple, and you know, and, and it was just sort of like a lot of times people don't think they can handle it, but sometimes you just need to fucking stand there right. when some. Yeah you know you got to let the wave hit you and you're like no but people other people like i don't know what to do what do i do if he's just sad it's like stand there and wait till they're done crying or whatever right
1: it was it was and especially like having a daughter oh i don't even know it i can't imagine you know how do i i knew a day before she did because i didn't i i remember i i called her uh, principal that yeah. day, and yeah. still like, I can barely talk. I'm freaking right. out, and then I was like, I don't know what to do. And, and this principal, God bless her, um, said, "Don't tell her tonight because you can't tell her." And then I now go to sleep. Right. So just tomorrow, go. Hey, let's not go to school. Have a daddy daughter day. Uh-huh. Go do a lot of fun stuff in the yeah. morning. And then she said, "Tell her in the sunlight,
0: uh-huh. so
1: that she has the rest of the day to process it." No, oh, my God. And she, How- oh, fuck, it was a
0: nightmare. And you didn't sleep.
1: I didn't. I mean, I basically, when I took her to, the, she said, tell her in the sunlight and then do whatever she wants to do. If she wants to stay out of school for a month, she doesn't go to school for a month. Right. If she, and my daughter wanted to go to school that Monday. And what I realized was she wanted to, even if it was artificial, create the most normalcy sure. she could. So when I took her to school that Monday, I had not slept in four days. And I was... All but hallucinating as I was bringing her into that school and I just was like, and then I went up, I didn't want to leave the school because I was just so like, I thought everyone, so I just, they let me just sit up in an office for the day until it was time to pick her up and I just kind of slept in a chair for a few hours and then when it's three o'clock I went down and, hey, I'm here to pick, like, try to make, like,
0: let's go do something fun. How did you explain that first night? Where'd you say she was? Um...
1: Oh, I said, thank God, that was when Michelle was very, very heavily into writing her book. Okay. And there was a lot of times where she would, um, I'm going up to... She would go to where the, a lot of the murders were and go. I'm going to be here for a few oh, okay, days, okay. working with forensic oh, okay. people and writing. And I'm like, "Hey, uh, mommy just got this big tip. Yeah. She's going to be. She's checked into a hotel. She's writing. We'll see her tomorrow." Yeah. Like, like so. Luckily, I had that thing that had happened a bunch of times. Yeah. So it didn't feel weird. Okay. It was like,
0: oh, okay, great. And then, like, when did? And that was, you know, there was no COVID, so you were surrounded by friends and thank,
1: family. Yeah. Thank God. And, and again, not not to sound. Um, You know, maudlin, but being surrounded by comedians when you were going through grief, it could not be more helpful. Like, they they know how to cry with you, and and then they know how to go, I'll know what to say to make... Like, I I remember, like, a week after, Dave Rath was, like, making sure that I went out and saw people, so we went to dinner with Todd Glass. Oh, yeah. And Todd Glass, we went, met at this place called the Mess Hall in in Los Feliz, and we got there, and Todd has a sealed envelope. He's like... You can open this later and read it if you want. Like, a yeah. You don't need to read it now. Let's just have yeah. a nice dinner. Yeah. So we had this nice dinner. You think it's an emotional. Well, room. I go home. I open <laughs> it up. He literally ripped like the corner off of a legal piece of legal paper and just wrote, Hi, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he fucking wrote. And it made me laugh so fucking. It was like, yes, yeah. thank you, Todd. Yeah. I needed that. Like, But yeah, it was, it was like day. And there was also, I don't know if you went through this, days where you would start- crying as if it was a reef. it wasn't connected to a thought
0: oh, connected yeah. to yeah, Michelle just, yeah. it was
1: like my body was like oh hey i just need to cry for a while
0: oh yeah that happens just, that here still we go. happens really That's, yeah a- about get- nothing well it's about something
1: well i mean it is about them but it's not connected to any memory or no, right. anything
0: no 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 it's just oh, all of a it's sudden, weird yeah you don't know what triggers it it's just it could be someone talking about something sad yeah. and and like you the that that loss mm-hmm. plugs in something so, you're never not going to be able to cry again. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're always going to be, it's always going to be right there. <laughs> it's,
1: it's ready to go. <laughs> it is, right? It really is. I mean, I, it's a hair trigger with me now. Yeah. And sometimes it's it's a hair trigger, not when something's sad. The things that make me cry now, um, fuck, I'm going to get all fucked up now, is when somebody steps up for someone else that doesn't need to do that. When someone is being kind to someone, because I had so many people that didn't need to step up for me, that stepped up for me. So when I see someone go do that for someone else, even a stranger, it wipes me the fuck out. It just... Like, like, like this, even like if I was rewatching the fucking bad news bears and when Walter Matthau decides like I'm going to, no, I'm going to coach his team. Fuck it. The only vote that counts. Like, oh, he's stepping up to help these kids. I just start crying. Yeah.
0: No. Someone's being nice to someone. Well, that, I mean. Oh, fuck. Hang on. I know. I, I'm all, yeah, I think about yeah, it too. Yeah, yeah. Like with animals too. Oh. Like with people helping animals, it kills me. Oh my god! And, like, and I get feel I get so invested in the in. in I, and there's a purity to the vulnerability and innocence of animals, you know that like you know I can't I can't take it. Like I uh, can't. It drives like, me. But, I, th- but, but but exactly what you're saying. Like if I'm in a AA meeting, just hearing the stories of of people finding it, of getting sober, I'm like, oh, oh my god! And it's yeah. I, I always heard that, and it was always sort of satisfying. But now it's like. Yeah. Just people, you know, the helping other people thing is really crazy. It it it's totally moving, and it should be. Mm-hmm. And we live in a culture where, you know, everyone's doubling down on on hurting people, <sighs> and and like, look, I'm for, for almost like for clout. And like just, I'm showing habit. you,
1: I know that I'm not supposed to be hurting people, so I'm going to show you where my status is by doing the thing that other people shouldn't be doing. but yeah. I, I have no consequence. That's my status. Yeah, it's so sick right now.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, but the. I, I I try to really embrace the vulnerability of whatever because I think it also what you're talking about and I think I can relate to is that look we're selfish guys yeah you know we have a, a you know narcissistic you know components mm-hmm. but but like when you lose somebody tragically it fucking it it just punches open a door to empathy yes. that you you don't you didn't have before yeah. I mean you can Oh yeah. I mean you can fake it and like you can be empathetic, but the depth of it now when you experience profound loss mm-hmm. is that you you know you know you're you're present for that. It's kind of wild. I'm
1: grateful yeah. for it. No yeah, it, it was actually kind of interesting. I remember when I was listening, I think I tweeted about the the episodes with You and Proops and You and Dana where you guys oh, yeah. were real time about the state of comedy and yeah. you weren't attacking what was going wrong in comedy, you were genuinely struggling to understand this and, and why is it going this way? And it wasn't coming from, yes, there was some disdain and sure, some frustration, sure. but there right. was this, what the fuck
0: is, I care about this art form. And also, I, I don't understand people. Right. Like, it's like you think you understand people, like when you look at history and you look mm-hmm. at evil people, Yeah, is that, you know, I think this is really the first time I've been able to sort of identify, you know, when craven people are, are given license, yeah. they take it. Oh boy, and and like I, you know, you, you you wonder about how like Nazism worked, or how these these horrible things happened. You know mm-hmm. how Christians killed millions of people, yeah, and and how like that you know, in Rwanda, all of a sudden people are macheteing their neighbors overnight, yeah, because
1: of a code word on a radio show. Their so, version of Rush Limbaugh said but, time to cut down the tall trees, and they all
0: got the message and did it. Right. It, it's terrifying. So, as a species, it's really hit or miss, and they're all yeah. corruptible. Yo, oh. It's very rare yes. that you get somebody whose who's center of gravity and whose character is so strong. Right, that they, you know, that they won't, you know, you know, uh, uh, kind of crumble into craven behavior somehow. Right, right. And I, look, and look, I'm, I'm a comic. You know, there's a whole spectrum of Jeez. of borderline criminals in our world. <laughs> oh, and there God, always have God. been, yeah. whether they were running from alimony or or mm-hmm. or you know raping women Ugh. in you know Vince Champs. You yeah, know, I remember that guy. I remember so, Vince. Yeah, so, we did the
1: fucking comedy competition with
0: him. But no, but my point <laughs> is like. What's happening is I'm like I don't understand this person. I don't understand where their heart is, right. you know, and I don't understand how they can talk like this or think like this. But the truth of the matter is, people believe what they believe, mm-hmm. and they have a reason for it. and And it's like it's it's not that maybe their their heart is terrible with everybody. It's just from my point of view, how can you sign on to this? Right. It's e- it's even with like Chappelle and all this, you know, uh, uh, y- you know, language stuff and all yeah. this. It's sort of like I don't understand why. I don't understand the why. Yeah, yeah. And and I know there's a bigger arcing sort of belief system around it that isn't necessarily mm-hmm. right wing. A cultural thing. Yeah. But but I, I do still think it's shallow and right. I do still think it's it's uh, antagonistic and and it's it's stifling progress. Yeah. This this idea. I think that some of it is insulated in the idea of free speech or this or the other. Thing. Yeah. And and I think that's sort of bullshit.
1: That whole thing with me and him at the beginning of the year was really instructive when I... Oh, you got the picture? Well, I was in Seattle, and he was like, um, hey, I'm over at the arena. Come over. Like, again, we've known each other since we're fucking teenagers. So, yeah, I go... And I did a set and got a picture with him. It was good to say. I hadn't seen him in so long. And then... So, at first... And this is again. This is how tribal and weird shit is. Yeah. First, suddenly all of these right wing alt right guys were doing comments like "Patton's on our side." Like really? Fuck yeah! And then I was like, "Oh!" And then anti trans people were pro trans people were doing stuff, and I was trying to like delete all the negative stuff, but I was like, had to, I was like deleting the pro trans people first to then get, and it just it got so ugly. Mm. So then. I wrote a thing going. He's still my friend. I still love him. We disagree on trans rights violently, and 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 that's that's just how it's going to be. I don't know why that is. And then it became the PC police got to Patton. We just love. And I'm like, this is not a fucking sporting event. What do you? They, they were literally talking in terms see, of like pro see,
0: wrestling. This is the thing about Bobby Heenan got to Andre the Giant and well, brainwashed this, him. But this is the nerd thing. <laughs> is that now? You know the the ebb and flow of culture Mm -hmm. is is being dictated by the guys who were playing. You know, it's a video game. Exactly, it's manifesting itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because when you started to see them like going out for the first time, if you look at CPAC, you are like. That's them? Right. And like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> By the way, also CPAC, there there's my brother posted some footage. Whenever they do CPAC, it's always a very tight shot from like row three. Yeah. So it looks packed. Yeah. But he found shots from the back of the room and it's like three fourths
0: empty. Oh really?
1: It, it's it's not it's just all this loudness and yeah. making it look crazy and there's not a lot of people there.
0: I just my big problem and I've ta- I talked about this with the other fellows, is just that it's very you know, despite these people who are peers and Mm-hmm. who are like you know because look I know uh, look I, I'm a real comic I did you know I came up in the clubs like you yeah, did yeah. we know all these guys right and they were filthy to begin with so <laughs> and I was pretty filthy well also but, for, for I think for us that
1: for people that are outsiders of comedy not that I want to use the term outsiders but Comedians have
0: beefs all the time. We fight all the fuck. But this guys. isn't you... about beefs to me. No, no, it's no. sort of like it's it's really about like, you know, either you're a, you allow the language to evolve, right? And and you engage in tolerance. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Or, or you push back on these things, and if you push back on tolerance, you are gonna you push back on, on on small groups of people. Yes, and if you're gonna push back on language, you're just being weird. And also, <laughs> just to quite... say, like,
1: hey, things have changed. That word isn't that acceptable. I'm Easy. never giving it up. Hang on, you're yeah. you're a writer. You can think of a million sure. other. By the way, what's what's how is that different from when I remember I, I did a, I had a really rough bit. Uh, about hot pockets, and someone said, "Hey, have you seen Jim Gaffigan's bit about hot pockets?" Mm-hmm. And I went and saw his, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's out of my fucking." Ass. He owned like his is brilliant. Sure, it's be, gone.
0: Well, I, you're lucky you did that because if you hadn't, when you perform now, there'll be one guy going the hot pockets, <laughs> the
1: hot pockets. But could you imagine if I doubled down on that? Sure, I just like, heard
0: Chappelle did it, it just did a joke that I've been doing for weeks about uh, Will Smith. And about uh, uh, the Chris Rock thing, really? I th- I, yeah, uh, I I was saying because well, my take on it is different. It wasn't my take, mm-hmm. uh, which is still intact for however long that can last. Right. But it was just the idea that there was really this sort of feeling like, is the country going to recover? And, and I'm like, <laughs> it's it's not the towers, you know. It's not, <laughs> not Space Shuttle Challenger. You know. Yeah. A guy hit a clown. Yeah. You know, like, a rich guy hit another rich guy. Yeah. Well, that and he said he basically. He said, "My friends hit each other. Yeah. And it's not. It's not uh, the challenger." And yeah. I'm like, "All right, well, that's done."
1: I texted Chris Rock the next day because I knew he was doing a show. Yeah, and I was like, "Hey, man, what are you going to open with?" And he would just be like, "Ha ha ha ha!" Like, you know, okay. it's comedians. We, weird I did, right? You've been attacked on stage. Yes. Yeah,
0: but I guess the thing is, what's upsetting is that I think. But yeah, that the doubling down is weird. Yeah, and and I think a lot of times they're not totally aware. Just like, not unlike your situation with the, you know, in just in your proximity to him is how they're being used. Right. So like at some point, you know, you may want to be doing what you're being do, you want to do, but there's forces bigger than you that are going to co-opt your message. Right. And and at some point you have to think like, do you know, you can't just say like, hey man, it's not my business. It kind of is your
1: business. And also it's tempting because sometimes the co-opting can be very, very profitable and you can get swept up in that. But it is puzzling when like. Chappelle's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. He's, and he, he was always from the age of 14... It's just weird was, that this it's just is weird.
0: It's weird that the commitment to this one thing. Yeah. And, and like, you know, he's, you know, he's done brilliant bits. I like the guy, By but the way, the, the, it's weird to I, me. I, I don't know if it's religious. I don't know. I, I've done
1: bits coming up. You can see, hear him on my albums. I, yeah. First album, I use the R word. Sure. There's an album where I use the N word. I'm yeah. using it to make fun of racism, but, um, uh, uh, wealthy white guy using ironic racism—it does not age well. No, and instead of me going, no, it's fine. I'm just like, hey, I fucked up. Didn't know, but I learned better. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. And I and I switch things, and I still got tons of shit.
0: I did that teenage girls bit on Letterman. Yes, but you know what? Still a good joke. <laughs> It really is. <laughs> Some guy said, you might want to take that off your website. I'm like, I can't take it off of anything. Yeah, exactly. I did it on Letterman, but like when I no, really I've had looked... people
1: like, what am I going to go back and edit? I can't edit my albums. It's well, out there.
0: Well, when I look at the mathematics of the joke, I think it still holds. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't think it implies anything about me. It's just an, an idea yeah. that is, is genuine. But, but yeah, both, both I've had the same thing and I've had people tell me things. About stuff, and that, I, and that I, have made me change. Absolutely, yeah. Where I'm just sort of I th- like, I, That's okay. I thought
1: that I thought using the R word forever. Me too. And a woman in my IG um, messages really, really laid it out for me in a way that I'm like, she's right. I'm absolutely fucking wrong. Well, and, what and, got to me was a woman said, you know, like, I'm the parent. Yeah.
0: That's and, what I yeah.
1: She's like I'm there, and she went through it day to day, what it's like, and I'm like fuck. I was, and again, there's nothing more in in my mind. There's nothing more confidence than owning your mistakes, owning your influences. I remember someone tried to someone I was arguing with some troll on Twitter. This was years ago, and they they threw that a clip of Patrice O'Neill on uh, talking to you on Open Anthony saying, "You've Mark, you've." birthed a lot of babies like influence yeah, and yeah. Patton is one of yours he's like see I'm like no shit I was influenced by him are you out of here <laughs> how the fuck do you do you think I'm gonna deny that of course yeah. and by the way thank god I had him as an influence could you imagine if I had some yeah. shitty comedian as an influence yeah, yeah, I lucked yeah. out having him as an yeah, influence yeah, yeah, yeah. the fuck are you talking about I mean, like just, I don't yeah, know why
0: that's an own yeah these like people you know, it's just sad I can't take it and you're you're like all over Twitter I can't do it anymore <laughs> I won't do it anymore Really? No, I. I mean, I promote my shit. I'll and do some weird it. shit occasionally, yeah. but I'm not gonna. I can't because I can't detach. Yeah, but then you do these live streams on Instagram that are I know for, for yeah, hours. Like, <laughs> for hours,
1: you're on there, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> having people comment and yeah. And
0: find, <laughs> yeah, you know what I've gotten? I've 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 created this amazing audience of of aggravated middle aged women. <laughs> Very sensitive, creative, but angry middle-aged women. And they, go. they're they like half the audience, and the other half is people they bring who don't know me. <laughs> yeah. So it's a woman going like, oh, he's, he's like this sometimes. And someone else going like, yeah, so this is the guy, huh? <laughs> that's my audience. <laughs> it's
1: okay. That's a, by the way, that's a great title for a special, He's Like
0: This Sometimes.
1: Or He Does That. <laughs> yeah, he Mark Maron, he does that. He does that. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I don't know what I'm going to call it. Good talking to you, buddy. Buddy, fam, this was awesome. Thank you, and
1: thank you for for everything that you've been kind of fighting with on these past episodes and on the podcast it's oh, been pretty amazing it's, it's really that. good to see somebody smart wrestling with it rather than somebody reactionary or just trying to do the easy sure. take on it so thank you yeah thank and, you
0: and sometimes look i get pushed back and i snap you know like oh. I, it, it's like it, it's a wrestle it's not usually but it. it's usually more personal no no yeah i got an email from someone a woman telling me that i'm i'm i'm, t- I'm talking too nicely but i'm i'm saying i'm great too much she was concerned that I was drifting into narcissism.
1: Drifting into narcissism. I've built an island. I don't know if you've seen where I I, I'm, I live on narcissism yeah. island, you see
0: sweetie. The SS Marin.
1: Yeah, I'm not drifting towards anything. I'm on the but I'm we, on the me 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 atoll. That's where I live. But
0: I don't know that. Like I come from pathological narcissists, But like, there's difference yeah. between being narcissistic and mm-hmm. actually being a narcissist. Because right. true narcissism is frightening. Yes. And I come from it. And I know people who are it. And like you know, I have enough self awareness to know that I just got. Touch. I'm just a hint of narcissism. Yeah. It's all about me 80% of the time. Wow. Well, that was nice, right? Patton, me, the new movie that he's in. I love my dad is now playing in theaters and you can watch it at home on demand starting tomorrow, August 12th. All the digital platforms and whatnot. Can you hang out a minute, please? Please hang out. Please hang. Excuse me. Please hang. People with any level subscription to WTF Plus get access to our full ad free archives. That's the only place you can hear the old episodes we did with Patton back from the first two years of the show way back. But if you're a full Marin subscriber, there's new bonus content for you every week, including this week when we posted audio from me and Lara Bites on the road. We were driving from Indiana to Kentucky and we had an adventure trying to find late night food and you can hear about it from us by the way on my instagram i posted a picture of this burger
1: in my highlights under the marin tour highlight thing and um it's just it's 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 so much more than we can describe. One of the pieces of bacon was clear and stayed with the burger. He took took the the piece of cheese off and three little pieces of bacon stayed on the cheese. None of it looked great, but there was a perfectly clear. I don't know if anyone ever like salted a slug as a kid, like put salt on a (laughs) slug and turned it clear. This was that, but bacon. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, If you put salt on a slug, you turn it clear. I did it once. I felt really bad. Well, of course. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Of course can't walk around being clear anyway
0: subscribe by clicking the link in the episode description on whatever app you're using right now or go to wtfpod.com and click on wtf plus I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska at the Rococo Theater on August 18th, Des Moines, Iowa at the Hoyt Sherman Place on August 19th, and Iowa City, Iowa at the Inglert Theater on August 20th. I'm in Tucson, Arizona at the Rialto Theater on September 16th, Phoenix, Arizona at Stand Up Live on September 17th, Boulder, Colorado at the Boulder Theater on September 22nd, Fort Collins, Colorado at the Lincoln Center on September 23rd. That link is hot now. And Toronto, Ontario at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre on September 30th and October 1st. London, England and Dublin, Ireland. I'll be coming to you in October. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour for all dates and ticket info. And, uh, you can do it. You can get sober. Listen to me. Listen to me. You can. Here we go, here's some guitar. Monkey in the Fonda, cat angels everywhere.